Hello from quarantine. You are listening to the V1 Church Podcast. This is Pastor Mike, and I have a very special message for you. As a matter of fact, I embarrassingly cry at the end of this sermon, but I was so overwhelmed with God's presence, I couldn't hold it back. You know what? Without further ado, go ahead and take a listen. This is Palm Sunday and the very first installment in our new series entitled Jesus People. Hey everyone, welcome to our live stream Palm Sunday service. You're right here in my living room and I'm beaming it into your living room. What an incredible experience. This is Pastor Mike, the lead pastor of V1. Uh, Maybe you are a regular attendee of V1 Church or maybe you got invited to this live stream by a friend. We wanna welcome you home, like quite literally in my home right now, but in my home to your home. If you ever would've asked me uh, if if I would've thought in a million years I'd be doing in Palm Sunday from my living room, I'd say you're crazy, um, but it's, an, it's amazing to see how God is turning this situation around and using it in an incredible way. As a matter of fact, so many people who may not have usually went to church are tuning into church because church is coming to them. And I want you to do this. I want you to drop a comment right now on this live stream with where you're watching from because we've received messages from South America, Europe, Eastern Europe, literally from Africa all over as people are joining the the eFam, the electronic family of V1 Church, and we just want to welcome you. Uh, But this this Palm Sunday message is one of the most incredibly powerful messages that the Holy Spirit has given me, and I cannot wait to unlock Scripture with you. So uh, why don't you go ahead and turn your Bibles to John chapter 12. So we're going to be in John chapter 12. And while you find that, I'm going to give you just a few quick announcements and then a funny story. One of the announcements that I'm really excited about is this coming week is going to be what is referred to as Passion Week. And Passion Week is the journey up to the cross through Scripture. And so every single day at noon Eastern Standard Time, I'm going live on Facebook and we're gonna journey through the scriptures together and we're gonna deepen our relationship with Jesus as we kind of take take a ride through scripture all the way up to the cross, which leads us to Friday. And Friday is our Good Friday service at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it is going to be a powerful, powerful event. So that's every day at noon Eastern Standard Time this week through Passion Week, culminating to Friday where we're having our Good Friday service. You know what's crazy, and this is just a quick side note while you're still looking for John chapter 12, but uh, we've had Good Friday live online every single year that we launched, uh, since we launched this church just three years ago. And, you know, it's almost as if in, in God's divine will, we kind of, we're, we're preparing for such a time as this. So let, before we jump into John chapter 12, I got a funny story though. <laughs> You know, my wife and I have been married for 15 years, and just yesterday I was holding her, and you know, it's kind of like, kind of, we're in this weird situation where it's like, how do you date your spouse in a quarantine? And we're trying to spend some quality time together, and I'm thinking about like 15 years ago, 15, 16, 17 years ago when we met and we were dating, and I'm like, I have this realization, like how crazy is life right now? Have you had those epiphanies where you're just like, Life is really bizarre. Like <laughs> life is really weird right now. So I'm I'm sort of having that realization, and I I'm holding Julie, and I turned around, I'm like, babe, did you ever think 
over 15 years ago when we were dating and then we got married, that one day we would be in a global pandemic together. And then Julie, without skipping a beat, goes, actually, yeah, I did. I totally expected this to happen. I'm like, what? And she's like, babe, I was raised in a Pentecostal church where three out of four Sundays we taught on the book of Revelation. I thought this whole thing was going down 10 years ago. (laughs) And we just laughed and laughed. She's like, of course, I've been ready for the end of the world. (laughs) She's like, they mentally and emotionally prepared us for this uh, every Sunday. That's the only thing we talked about. (laughs) And listen, I'm I'm not trying to say that we are in the end times, uh, but what I am saying is that if if you've got some old school Pentecostal charismatic roots, maybe you were expecting a pandemic as well. And it was one of those times where we laughed so hard and I needed it for my soul. Uh, For I don't know if you've been anything like me, it's been hard to laugh with everything going on, but that was a really good laugh. And so today God's got a word for you and I I wanna show you Palm Sunday. I wanna show you this moment in scripture, probably in a way that you've never seen it before. There's so much to this. So let's go ahead and, and let's just read through this together. It's going to be an incredible experience. Um, let me let me just start with this, the triumphal entry, okay? The next day, the large crowd that had come to, Je- come to the feast had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So this is chapter 12, verse 12 and onward. So they took branches of palm trees and they went out to meet Jesus crying, Hosanna, oh, Yashana. They were saying deliverance now, freedom now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written. Now, this is prophecy, and he's fulfilling prophecy, which for someone like me who used to be a skeptic, biblical prophecy makes it very hard to remain an atheist. So it had been prophesied, fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Then his disciples didn't understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb. So Jesus had just resurrected his best friend Lazarus from the dead. And there was a crowd that had heard about that. It says that they continued to bear witness. So they were evangelizing and telling everyone, this guy, he resurrects the dead. I mean, this is the real deal. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they had heard that he had done this sign. So we have another group of people and it was the crowd that had heard about this miracle and they all gathered around. And then you have another crowd. So the Pharisees said to one another, now you've got all the religious people. You see, what? You see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after Jesus now. So they saw this happening. Man, there's so much in this text right now that I cannot wait to unpack for you. Traditionally, this is called in scripture, Palm Sunday, the triumphant entry. Now, let me give you some background for those of you who are taking notes. In the Jewish calendar, which is different than the calendar that we utilize today, you had a month referred to as Nisan. Nisan, that, that was what it was called. So this is the 10th day of Nisan that Jesus actually gets on this donkey and then rides it into Jerusalem 
for a feast. So Jewish families would select. Now, in their time, in the, in the time in which we have here uh, recorded in the book of John, Jewish families would select the lamb that would be sacrificed on the 14th day for Passover. So a pilgrimage would have been made to Jerusalem. And then, and this is so crazy to think about how it's all synchronizing right here in scripture. On this very day, the Lamb of God is riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. This would have been April the 6th, 32 AD in our calendar. And it all synchronizes with prophecy and it fulfills every bit of it. So there was this religious ceremony that was going on. Now key into this, please hear me, because once I start unpacking this revelation, it's gonna blow your mind. So there was a religious ceremony that was going on and there was a religious crowd that was in Jerusalem and they would have been taking this journey that they took every single year to go for Passover. And there were three feasts that all Jewish people were required to be in Jerusalem for. So again, I'm just helping you understand the context because most of us do not have a mandatory three feast celebration. We don't come from the Jewish tradition, but this is gonna make this scripture make so much more sense to you. So there were three feasts that all Jewish people had to celebrate. There was Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. So they were there this time in Scripture for the Feast of Passover. They were doing a religious observance. This is when they would have celebrated. So this is what they were there to celebrate. The basic deliverance of their forefathers from the bondage of Egypt and the succession of 10 plagues. So this is what they would have been celebrating. They would have, wherever they lived, they would have packed their stuff up and said, okay, family, it's time to celebrate the mandatory feast. And they would have taken this this journey. It was the same journey that they always took. And they would have ended up in Jerusalem and they'd be celebrating deliverance from the plagues of Egypt and the bondage and slavery of Egypt. Every year, it was the same thing, the same route, the same prescribed prayers and the same celebration every year. But here's where, who? I hope you're ready for this. But there was a group of people that wanted more than religion. There was a group of people that said, I want something more. And they heard that Jesus was in town and they spontaneously erupted into worship and started crying out this phrase, Hosanna. And they would have been quoting Psalm 118, 118 chapter. And when they would have been celebrating, there's your delivery right now. <laughs> what they would have been celebrating was, Deliver now, the Messiah is here. They wanted something more. Now, we're starting today a new series entitled Jesus People. And it's one of the times in church history that is most intriguing to me. And actually what it is, is in the late 60s into the 70s, right here in the United States, there was a massive move of God. And I wanna talk to you about the conditions that created this move of God right here in America. 
You know, if you go back in, in American history, we have a rich tradition of uh, Christian worship. Many people have referred to America as a Christian nation because uh, Christian culture is so ubiquitous here. And at the time in, the, in our nation in the 60s, you had this mass exodus. You had many people leaving the Christian tradition. They, you had the hippie movement, the beatniks. You had, uh, you know, this whole uh, concept of free love and 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 at the corner of Haight and Ashbury, uh, right in California, you had this burgeoning movement of people that were exploring new and interesting ways of doing life. Eastern thought began to move into uh, the forefront of their, maybe they were spiritual but not religious. And they kind of looked at Christianity as just a, 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 a thing that their parents told them to do, but they didn't have an intimate connection to it. Now, here's where the Jesus movement uh, begins to take place is the beginning of this movement historically. And many of the ways that we do church today in 2020, we were actually formulated by a group of former hippies and beatniks, people that had left their, their parents' homes in search of this spirituality or in search of this, you know, sort of, uh, you know, next level existence. They went to go explore their sexuality, explore philosophically, explore truth. What is truth? Truth, and they reach the end of that. Because see, what happens is any other philosophy other than a surrendered life to Jesus Christ will always end up in death. And the, here's what happened. The free love movement, it, it, it sounded like a good idea until sexually transmitted diseases started actually uh, happening all around them in their midst. And, and then, uh, you know, unintended pregnancies. And so now you have these new parents who are like, well, what do I do now? And, and then, you know, even simple things like, you know, people were getting infections as a result of walking shoeless through the city. It was like they started to see the negative consequences of life without Christ. But see, I don't want to portray it all negatively, and here's why. To a certain extent in America, when you had this youth culture that all abandoned the religion of their parents, which was some form of Christianity, what they were walking away from was they were walking away from the ritual. And what they were saying in their heart was, I want an encounter spiritually. I want something of substance. I don't want to say the same prayers. I don't want to just go through the motions anymore. I want something real. And see, sometimes when you're in, the, in search of something real, you might be sifting through a whole bunch of fake. You might be sifting through Eastern religions and meditation. You might be sifting through all this stuff that you're like, it's a form of godliness. It's a form of spirituality, but I still feel empty. You might be sifting through, and this is what the hippie movement was. They had um, even drug usage, a ton of experimental drug usage, and they're like, man, when the trip is over, I still feel empty. I still feel lost, and I keep chasing. You know, actually, their, their pursuit of chasing the next high developed into drug addiction, and so right at the late 60s into the 70s, people said, wait a second. What if Jesus really is the Messiah? What if it really is true? But what we had was the ritual of religion. We didn't have a relationship. And that, be, that sentiment began to spread. And you had many figures that, uh, that were previously a part of the hippie movement and the beatnik movement begin to turn to Christ, prominent figures, Bob Dylan being one of them. Some of his last 
uh, major concerts in the late 70s, and you can look up the footage, is Bob Dylan preaching the gospel and tens, like literally across the different stadium events he was doing, and you had thousands of people leaving the event and, and being interviewed saying, I didn't come to be preached at because Bob Dylan was preaching the gospel. It was an incredible time in America. And what they did is they abandoned the ritual and the religion of the past, and then they, they but instead they embraced Jesus and said, some of that stuff wasn't scripture, so we're really after God's heart. And what I see right here in John chapter 12 is I see like this Jesus type people, the, the Jesus movement beginning to happen because they abandoned the ritual. And this is what I never quite saw it before, but they were saying, we're here in Jerusalem to actually do this ritual of what? celebrating coming out of the the slavery of Egypt, saying the same prayers, walking the same route. But they had this moment where they identified, wait a second, the real Messiah is here. And they abandon it and they begin to worship him spontaneously. What's happening in America right now? I believe that there's another Jesus movement happening. I believe as churches have been forced to close their doors, we're in a prophetic timeline right now where people are awakening and they're saying, wait a second, what if what I was raised in was the ritual, but what if Jesus is true? What if what if it is real? We're having the same experience where people are saying, man, I've binged on pornography. I've binged on drugs. I've binged on relationships. I've done all these things. I've tasted and I've experienced those things and still feel so hollow. What if Jesus is the answer and their hearts are beginning to open? I feel some of your hearts even beginning to open right now. What they were saying is this, and if you're taking notes, it's very simple. Jesus was more appealing than religion. Woo! I want my church like I want my coffee, hot. <laughs> I don't want it lukewarm and I don't want it cold. I want it hot. And But you see, there was this clash in, in John chapter 12 between the old and the new. There's a clash happening right now in our nation between the old and the new. Pastors are being forced into the new. You're seeing it just like you saw it here. Matthew chapter 15, you actually have this moment where the, the religious figures, the ones who think they have God all figured out. They show up to Jesus and say, your disciples, they're not even doing the ritual of washing their hands. And Jesus says, well, hey, listen, you're not even, you're, you're, you worship me with your actions, but your heart is far from me. You're just trying to teach the doctrines of man, but you don't know God burn. (laughs) And so you see this second Jesus movement that's happening right now because many of us around the world are not even able to access the religion and the tradition of yesterday. And it's like almost as if, come on, there's a prophetic Palm Sunday happening right now. I see a second Jesus movement happening right now. Can you tell how excited I am about it? I want you to write this down. Religion emphasizes the outward. Religion has always paid attention to the outward. It always needs a physical representation of something, but Jesus emphasized the inward. Jesus emphasized the inward. Religion is about what you can't do. 
And that's what the hippies and the beatniks were rebelling against. They were tired of being told what they couldn't do. But see, Jesus is about what you can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have freedom through Christ. Religion is about prohibition, but Jesus is about demonstration of the power of God. Ooh, man, come on. Religion puts up barriers, but Jesus tears barriers down. Look at what's happening right now. You are having church in your home. I mean, what if this was the whole intention of this season for you to get comfortable with building an altar before God where you encounter his presence right where you're watching from right now? Come on, can I get an amen in the comments? You know, even if you're watching and you're a non-Jewish person and you were actually alive back in this time, non-Jewish people would have been restricted. Non-Jewish people wouldn't have even been able to walk up to the temple at this time. The, you know, the, there would have been physical walls, the outer courts that would have held you back. But Jesus was crying in the midst of that, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, burdened, come everybody. Religion requires working your way to God, but Jesus declares, I'm the way to God. Woo, <laughs> come on. You know, Hosanna is spontaneously being declared. It's prophetically being declared, deliver now, save us now. You know, when you look at the story of Palm Sunday happening in scripture, you have multiple groups each watching it from a different perspective. Right now, as you're watching this live stream and you're having church with us, you're watching from your own perspective. We had the religious leaders that were saying, look, the whole world is, is worshiping Jesus. We're losing our power. Religion is losing its power. They're gonna have real relationship with God if we don't stop it. And, and then you, their, their spontaneous worship was a threat to a system of religion. Even when you worshiped in your homes and across hospitals today, it was a threat to the demon of religion that says you can't do that there. We actually had, come on, Evelyn from our church go viral because she said, I can worship everywhere. I can do it in a hospital just like I can do it at my home and I can worship on the front row in our evening service at Syasa. It all is the same because I am a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. You know, everyone had an opinion. Everyone still always has an opinion about Jesus. There's all this chatter going on, but I want you to pay attention to the four groups that are around uh, this event that's unfolding. First, you have the disciples. The disciples, it says in verse 16, they didn't understand what was happening, but they still followed. I respect that. Maybe you don't understand what's happening right now in this global pandemic. I don't fully understand all of it. The politicians don't understand all of it. But to be a true Christ follower says, I may not understand all of what's happening, but Jesus, I'm following you because I know you know the way. Then you have these eyewitnesses in, in scripture that are recorded of Lazarus' resurrection. They had witnessed Lazarus' resurrection and they said, hey, I watched him raise someone from the dead. I'm, this guy is definitely the Messiah. Then you had a group of people who heard the testimony of Lazarus. 
And they were also there. It was a secondhand report of, hey, I heard Jesus resurrected that guy. And they're watching Palm Sunday. Then you have the religious people, the Pharisees. They all witnessed the same event. They all observed it. It's just like right now. They all tuned into the V1 Church live stream. They all heard testimonies of this person getting delivered from drugs, this person's marriage being restored. They all experienced this miraculous uh, around them that was happening. But who's going to join me? This is the question I've got in truly following Jesus, even when you don't understand the events that are unfolding. You know, I think often about the donkey in this story. It's a perspective that you don't get. There is a fifth perspective, and it's one that you often don't get. It's, it's actually the donkey that, that, that rode Jesus into Jerusalem. It was an interesting symbol for Jesus to use because not only did it fulfill messianic prophecy that had been told, but it was also in, in, the, in the Roman culture to actually ride back into town on a donkey was a symbol of a triumphant general in war. And if the war had been won, he would be riding that donkey in. And so even the Roman viewers of this, this spectacle would have said, wow, he's taking a military position. He's showing that he's triumphant. And then to all the Jews that were watching, they would have said, wow, this is the Messiah fulfilling that prophecy. But there was something special happening, and it was the donkey, that the, his perspective. And I want to close on this. G.K. Chesterton wrote a poem called The Donkey. And G.K. Chesterton is a famous writer and, and uh, theologian, and he said this. I want to read this to you. Uh, it's a very powerful poem that gives the fifth perspective we're looking at. When fishes flew and forests walked, and figs grew upon thorn. Some moment when the moon was blood, then surely I was born. With monstrous head and sickening cry and ears like errant wings, the devil's walking parody, <laughs> watch, on all-footed four things. The tattered outlaw of the earth of ancient crooked will, starve, scourge, deride me, I am dumb. I keep my secret still. Fools, for I had my hour, one far fierce hour and sweet. There was a shout above my ears and palms before my feet. <laughs> the donkey personified says, I may be ugly, I may be dumb, but I had my hour where I lifted the Messiah upon my shoulders and heard the shouts of Hosanna. And I guess what's been in my spirit this entire time is Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, that says the donkey will carry Jesus upon his back. We're going through a hard time as a people right here in 2020. And it's like I'm thinking about as a pastor at times how powerless I feel when I know essential workers are going into the gates of hell. How powerless I feel as we try to feed people uh, and use the resources of our church. And I was so encouraged thinking about God. I may be dumb. I may not have it all figured out. But I want to tell of this moment I had in my life. Where in New York, from the epicenter of COVID-19, I lifted Jesus upon my shoulders and I showed the world the Messiah and they shouted, Hosanna, deliver now, free me now, Hosanna. And so if you're watching this right now, 
I want to encourage you that Jesus is still being lifted high. Jesus is still being exalted. It's not about having it all figured out. If you're a mom watching this, if you're a husband watching this, if you're single watching this, if you've been laid off and you're watching this, if you're sick in your body and you're watching this and you feel so scared, you feel so scared, I want you to be the donkey in this story. I want you to say, I don't need to figure it all out. I may be dumb, I may not have all the answers, but I know one thing that I can do. Because the most obedient person in the story of Palm Sunday was no person at all. It was a donkey. What used to be one of the, what could have been one of the most stubborn characters in the story was the most obedient one. It was the one who said, I'm walking Jesus into Jerusalem and lifting him up. And I dare you right now to lift up Jesus in your life, to lift up Jesus among your friends, to lift up Jesus and put him on display that the world may erupt in spontaneous worship and we will see a Jesus movement in our life. Come on, pray with me right now. If you feel that God has provoked you in, in this moment, if you feel like in this moment there is something stirring in your heart, I believe you are called to lift up Jesus to be a true Christ follower with me today. Why don't you close your eyes? Some of you are realizing as we get ready to pray that you're the religious one that's always been judging everything that Jesus does. You have your own way of doing church. You have your own way of doing things and it's being disrupted right now. Well, thank God for disrupting religion to give us relationship. Some of you are realizing that you're the spontaneous worshiper and you're crying out in a moment, but, but maybe you're not truly following Christ. You're just celebrating a miracle that he did in your life or someone else's. Let's follow him into suffering just like we follow him into the miracles. Some people here are, are, you heard stories like your friends invited you, your, your friends invited you to this live stream right now, and maybe Jesus hasn't necessarily done anything for you that you can identify, but you still kind of feel like, man, I, I just, I need to, I need to be more than just a spectator in this story. If you would join me right now, I believe that we are in a historic moment where God is disrupting everyone's life and saying, hey, the ritual, this, this, this thing that you're so used to doing, let's put pause on that and let's, let's actually see the Savior in our midst. Would you just pray this prayer for me, with me right now? And, and, and if you will actually pray this prayer, I believe that you can leave a comment and even say, I want to follow Jesus right now. I believe that you can actually leave that comment and, and as a sign publicly that you're making a declaration to follow Jesus. Let's pray. Just use my words. Heavenly Father, I give you my life. I thank you for the cross where my sins were forgiven. And I may not have it all figured out, but I choose to lift you up. I choose to proclaim Hosanna, deliverance now, freedom now, as I surrender to you in worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that was an incredible time. I love the fact that we get to spend quarantine together this way. I wanna hear from you though, please. I know that there's more testimonies as a result of this sermon. Our inboxes and DMs were overflowing from people talking about what God did as a result of this message. So jump out of here after you give us five stars to rate this podcast and keep this thing reaching more people. And then go over to v1.church, which is our website, and please 
please send us a message, get involved. Hey, wherever you're listening from right now, you can actually join a connect group. Seriously, you don't have to live in New York to be a part of V1 New York. And we have all kinds of different ways to get connected via the website. So please go ahead and check that out. And then next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And I've got a, oh, I'm not even, I can't, I can't even like give you a sneak peek. It's that crazy. You're just going to have to tune in. So we'll see you on YouTube, Facebook, and uh, cannot wait to spend Easter with you.